Hey, what up? This is Zach Guilford from Midnight Mass, and you're listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Pop Culture Pastor. So, Cody, I was uh, I was thinking this afternoon, as that, I often do. That's a dangerous thing. In my time of meditation, this this thought came to me, and often I do get world changing thoughts during my meditation time, as one does. Whether they were given to me by God. Or whether I, my superior brain just came up with it itself. Okay. What I thought was we could really use another McGee-led Charlie's Angels movie. Um, do we? <laughs> <laughs> do we need any more Charlie's Angels, whether it was led by someone or not? Well, McGee thinks we do. You remember McGee? Nope. You don't remember McGee? Nope. <laughs> Oh, McGee is was a director. He he uh he directed the original Charlie's Angels, you know? Not the original original. I was going the to remake say, of the original. Like, the one with Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu and uh Bill Murray, but everyone hated Bill Murray. In what world can you call that the original Charlie's Angels? It was the original movie based on the TV show The Charlie's Angels that was, you know, back in the 70s. Okay. Which is, is Charlie's, uh, the, the weird thing about Charlie's Angels is I'm pretty sure the TV show was anything but feminist. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was um, not that way. But then they tried to make the movie all girl power, which I think was probably what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird. Has there ever been a property like that where it was about, you know, good looking girls fighting <laughs> that because I'm imagining the, the TV show was largely liked by men. Mm. But then when Did they kill Bill come out before Charlie's angels, the movie. No, I think kill Bill comes out after Charlie's angels kill Bill one. Yeah. 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 Charlie's angels. Super old. I don't well, know. Kill the, Bill? The, are you talking about? Okay. What? You're going places, and I I think Kill the Bill. The original Charlie's Angels uh, movie. The original, the original movie the original. comes <laughs> out in 2000. Oh, Kill Bill's out before then. Ooh. Kill Bill came out in 2003. Uh, Son of a gun. Close. <laughs> so close. I win. <laughs> I was with you, Cody. No, we didn't need the first two. We don't need another one. <laughs> well, McGee I'd take uh, another Kill Bill, though. Yes. Oh, man. Like, yeah, those, we were supposed were to have ones. conclusion with Vivica A. Fox's daughter getting her revenge. Apparently, Mick G, which, go by your real name. Can we go by our real name? I thought you were talking about the McGriddle for the longest <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I was. Maybe I just really wanted a McGriddle. Maybe he really likes a McGriddle. Uh, no, the director McGee, who's I don't think is nearly successful enough to to go by a three letter pseudonym. Yeah, he did an interview. He said it would take a long discussion with those three wonderful performers, but that he's up for one more big adventure with the Charlie's Angels. I don't know if anyone's demanding like. Yeah, does anybody want that? Who were they? Drew Barrymore, Cameron, and Diaz. Cameron Diaz, who's like retired. Cameron Diaz Lou. is retired, right? It, well, she came out of it, oh, I think. Lucy Liu. And who, okay. Lucy Liu is in Shazam 2, and she was easily the worst part of that movie. I was going to say, the past couple roles Lucy Liu's been in. And it's not that yeah, I don't. she was bad in that. It's not that I don't have respect for Lucy Liu. It's just she looked like she mailed it in. Well, I would too. 
And if McGee gets this <laughs> off the ground. Just to be clear, the director or the McGriddle? <laughs> Either or, really. <laughs> like, if someone's paying, like, Avi in it, you don't have to have Bill Murray. I will step up and uh, take a You're paycheck. gonna be Bosley. Yes. You'll be Bosley. Okay, we we heard it here first. Cody is open to being Bosley after negotiations, of course. You need to negotiate for what you're what you're worth. I mean, I'm a fraction of what Bill Murray charges. Don't sell yourself short. You're I you're a fraction. What <laughs> fraction? <laughs> but it's a fraction. Uh hello. Welcome. <laughs> this is a pop culture pastor. My name is Dave. Cody's here. I am. And um, the other lovely voice you hear is my wife, Danielle, who's yeah. also sitting in with us to, to join in on the discussion we're going to have later. We're going we're gonna to talk about back to school, entertainment, movies, whatever you guys want to. Whatever, when I say back to school, whatever pop culture drops into your head, that's what we're going to talk about. Now, mostly for me, it's movies. Yeah. Because I mean, there's some series. But some TV shows. I did get my photo taken with one guy who is well known for his school-based series. I did. I did think. No, you met Fred Savage. (laughs) (laughs) Shockingly, not that savage. Oh, was it Screech? No, rest in peace. It was no. It was yeah. Sadly, not Screech. It was Zach. He got his picture taken with Zach Morris. Oh, sweet! Did you have a flip phone? Like um, a big giant one? No, that no. was a satellite phone. Yeah. yeah. Not a flip phone. Flip oh, yeah. phone would have been well after. It wasn't flip. It was just giant. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about that later. It's going to have, that's going to be the kind of the way the discussion goes, I'm sure, is all this kind of nostalgic feelings. We get around back to school stuff. But um, I do want to, just as in the introduction here, in the news, we usually talk about news, but I only got one thing I want to talk about. Did you see the Rebel Moon trailer? No. Okay, so Rebel Moon Because I don't want it to ruin or get my hopes up way too high because I'm already like a Zack Snyder fan. That's right. I, You know, I kind of, I don't know why I didn't think of that in my head, but you're, you wouldn't want to. You're probably pretty excited for this. Yeah, because I was already told it's better than anything Star Wars has thought about doing in 25 years or 30. Now, who told you that? How could they possibly the internet know that? told me that. <laughs> Look, the trailer looks looks really, really good. It comes out like at, around Christmas, December 22nd, 2023. And I think you can expect a review pod for sure. Merry Christmas to me. But the trailer looks amazing. Now, if, are you aware of the backstory of this? No. So, so many years ago, Zack Snyder goes to Lucasfilm and says, I have an idea for a Star Wars movie. It's sort of Seven Samurai, Seven Jedi. Is based on Seven oh. Samurai, which is sort of one of the um, uh, the inspirations that George Lucas had for the original. Yes, uh, but Zack Snyder says I have a, a deeper inspiration for from Seven Seven Samurai itself. I want to make this Star Wars movie, and they kind of talked for a little while. And apparently, as the story goes, the the studio was like, "But but there's no Luke Skywalker." And he <laughs> said, "No, there's no Chewie, no Yoda, no." Know anything? No, it's all different new characters. And they were like, we'll pass. A, Zack Snyder, a prophet, and he doesn't even know it. Like, he can first see into the future, like, oh, Star Wars really should shift away from these beloved intellectual property characters instead of, like, 
scraping and gouging out every penny they can and like killing Han with no one of relevance to witness it besides Chewie, who we can't understand. It's very interesting because I think this movie is going to benefit off of the current situation Star Wars is in, which is it's struggling. The fandom's divided. Although I've watched the first few episodes of Ahsoka and I got to say, I, I think it's really good. It feels it feels more like a Star Wars thing than I felt since The Force Awakens. Mm. It feels like Star Wars. Okay. So far. I, I haven't watched it. I am not here to, you know, say it's the best thing since sliced bread or anything like that. I'm just saying that so far I kind of am digging Ahsoka. But Star Wars is kind of struggling, especially since Disney got a hold of it. And I think Rebel Moon is already kind of gaining off of that fracture. And so, but the trailer came out. It looks amazing. Um, so many people are in this. Ray Fisher, Charlie Hunnam, Anthony Hopkins. Um, yeah. Uh, who's the guy that was in Gladiator that's been nominated for Oscars? Uh, Diamond Honshu. Russell Crowe. Not Russell Crowe. <laughs> Not... No, not Russell Crowe, but... I thought this was a trick question. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, I think, is the voice of a droid. Yeah. Um, he, within the past four Oscar cycles, won, like, best actor. So, mm. I'm just saying, like, this already has a star-studded cast. So, you're excited for it, obviously. Because oh, yeah. you're a Zack Snyder honk. Slash, like, Chuck Hunnam getting work. Did he was he not getting work? Uh, I thought the ladies loved Charlie Hunnam. Like I feel he's been undervalued since Sons of Anarchy. There's a movie he came out with uh, recently, within the last few years that I heard was really good, but I never watched it. Was it the Robin Hood one? No, 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 no. This one it was critically acclaimed, unlike the Robin Hood one. <laughs> what was the name of that movie? I, I'm looking at a list of his movies, and of course I can't find it. But it was the one where he was like a archaeologist type guy. Oh, did, yeah. Did you watch that one by any chance? Why is it not listed on his IMDb? I know he was in it. I'm not making this up. Well, I don't know what it was. Apparently, apparently I'm making it up. That's what I'm. Oh going no, no, no! It was the, the Lost City of Z. Z. Yeah, the Lost City of Z. That I heard that was really good. Rotten Tomatoes, 86%. Um, and I've never seen movie. it. No, 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 no. Not World War Z. The one with Brad Pitt, the zombie movie? No. No, uh, The Lost City, City of Z. I've never, I've never seen Lost City. Or did you see had, The Lost City? The, which one are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the one with Sandra Bullock. No, and, no, uh, no. What's that one called? <laughs> it's like something like that, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> the movie that came out last year, the rom-com. Yeah, that was like kind was of super. It was like a they bit uh, <laughs> off of romancing the stone. Right? Yes, mm -hmm. I the thought lost that's what that was called. So it was yeah. just the lost city. Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, this is called the lost city of Z. So about I, a, a, I think it's about a real dude. So I have watched part of it. Like oh, okay. I came in part way through my wife watching it. So all right, it was good. The we, part I watched, we need her here. Tell us what she thinks. Yes, convince I, Leah. Convince me. Why, do, why should I watch Lost City of Z? Because um, a Rotten Tomato score, 86%. I mean, I've seen stuff with Rotten Tomato scores like that that I didn't like. I'm just saying it has one of my top three favorite Batman in it. Mm, that's okay. Yeah. George Clooney's in it? 
No. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> uh, anyways, yes, that guy's in Rebel Moon. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up talking about the Sons of Anarchy guy for that long. Because Charlie Hunnam deserves to be talked about. I Honestly. Um, Crimson I'm, Peak was good. Since Danielle's here, my wife, I would like to say when I die, you can put on my tombstone, never watched an episode of San- Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Just go ahead and put that on my tombstone because I'm be, proud of um, it. So this is why I clearly have no idea what y'all are talking about. So throughout <laughs> the series, there's a lot of religious imagery. In the very last episode, he almost pulls at Jesus. Who? What, are you talking about Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. We're not talking about Sons of Anarchy. I'm just saying there's some great religious imagery within this show that has a lot of vulgarity. (laughs) (laughs) But come for the religious imagery. So in other words, Antichrist imagery. (laughs) Oh. I don't know if I go that. A lot of people, we don't talk about this a lot, but there's a lot of cursing in the Bible, actually. There is. Yeah. That's a thing. Looking at you, Jeremiah. <laughs> Come on, Jeremiah. Let's keep it clean, can we? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so we're all excited for Rebel Moon, but Cody's just a little bit more excited. I am. Uh, Even without watching the trailer. Yeah. We got a great episode coming up for you here. We're going we're gonna to get into it here in just a bit. We're talking all about back-to-school stuff. Expect all the Lindsay Lohan or Lowen. <laughs> okay. I hope, is that what you're bringing up? Because I'm not bringing up uh, Lindsay Lowen. You, you betcha. All right. Uh, yeah, but first, we got to go out to the lobby. You ready to go out to the lobby? We're going we're gonna to hook up with uh, Geek Scotty. Raising nets. And he, <laughs> it's time for some snacks. Let's go out to the lobby and answer listener questions. All right, we are out in the lobby, Cody. We're getting ourselves a snacks. You're getting gross chocolate-covered raisins, as usual. Um, That is America's choice of theater snackery. Narrator says, no, it was not. <laughs> the Raisinets have been there since 1993 because nobody buys the Raisinets. There are many people. Anyways, we're out here. Because uh, besides getting snacks, we also answer listener questions. And joining us for this segment in the lobby, but also live on the Geek Phone. The Geek Phone. Scotty, Geek Scotty's here with us. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, We brought Scotty in because someone asked a particular question that I knew I was unqualified to answer. And Scotty also knows other things, and so he can talk on other questions. Yeah. Scotty, Scotty's our go-to. If we don't, if I don't know something, I immediately think of Scotty. He's like the guy, if if our lives were riding on somebody winning a game of Jeopardy, and, and like our lives were riding on it, I would probably, if we could pick anybody we wanted, to probably go with Scotty. If I was on an episode of Win Ben Stein's Money, Scotty <laughs> would be that is, the person I would ask for help that from. Is so out there, <laughs> so out there. So Scotty, in in oh. this in this weird scenario where you are on a game show to save our lives, 
what is the worst category that could pop up on Jeopardy to make you think, oh, they're dying? <laughs> I ca- I cannot answer this. What what's the category on Jeopardy you wouldn't want to see? Uh, maybe someone math. Maybe I don't know. Like even <laughs> they that- have math on Jeopardy. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, uh, potpourri. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, the worst. I just want to rewind here for a second. Are, are, is this Cody's way of trying to like get Ben Stein back? Is that what we're? Yeah. Launching? Is Ben Stein still alive? Yeah. Is he still out there. He's yeah. still going. I love Ben Stein. Ben Stein's the man. We're going to talk about him later. We are. Because randomly he, he appears in a in a back to school movie that we're gonna, probably going to talk. Well, it's not really a back to school movie, but it's it's a school movie nonetheless. Uh, anyways, we're here to answer questions. We got Scotty. We've enlisted Scotty with us because we need his help with this question. This is from David Allen, who lives in Orlando, I believe. Suffered through a hurricane today. Oh, they were fine. Their kid. I had. I saw their kids on Facebook were playing out in the rain. Apparently, it was okay there. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But David Allen asks this. I love the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series and movies. So I actually have two questions based on it. First is from the animated series. Are you ready for this, Scotty? I'm ready. Do you know why, Scotty, that they changed the Foot Clan into robots in the animated series? Well, so when they... Bill Wisdom came in to start on the cartoon. And the cartoon was made specifically because they did not want to make toys without a backing cartoon. Mm-hmm. So when they came in to make the cartoon, they want to make it family friendly and stay away from any controversy regarding violence or any parent advocacy groups. So instead of making them human like they are in the comics, they switched them to robots. Well, still didn't solve the problem because there still was was problems with censorship because in every other country but ours they're they're not the teenage mutant ninja turtles overseas they were the teenage mutant hero turtles in many countries because ninja was not prohibited in other countries also they change out mikey's nunchucks in a bunch of countries because they were prohibited as well oh Interesting. So what's Mikey using? Like, it's like a grappling hook is what he uses in other countries. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't know either. That's <laughs> not as cool as nunchucks. Well, Where's well, deadly? Which, well, which, which becomes a big thing when you get to the second movie, Secret Ooze, because that's why in that movie, you barely see them use their actual weapons in that movie because the paramedicine groups had jumped on after the first one. That's now, led now, to the, the cold cuts at the beginning. That's terrible because their weapons define them. Yeah. They're a big part of the lore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was, this was a thing with cartoons back in the day. I remember GI Joe. Yeah. I remember the GI Joe cartoon back in the eighties, every plane that was ever shot down in that show, the guy always parachutes out every yes. single yep. explosion. And that was the only, uh, that was the only lasers. Cause they were lasers that hit. People on the ground, lasers everywhere. No one gets hit. Planes yeah. always getting hit with a dude parachuting out every um, time. On Community, uh, Joel's, uh, Mikhail's character shoots the plane. They parachute out and he shoots the parachute. <laughs> and the guy comes crashing down. And then he gets arrested and locked up in his dream. So, so they changed the Foot Clan now. Like, so if the, David, 
who says he's a fan of the animated series and the movies may not know this, but the comic book, the original comic book, super violent. Oh yeah. Oh, very, <laughs> very bloody. Yes. And so oh, yeah. when they're doing the cartoons, obviously there can't be blood and, uh, yep. or any, any injuring of any kind, really. Well, well, and and the way they they also the other thing that story wise that they they include if you go back and watch the the first five mi- episodes which is the miniseries that premiered on Christmas that year, Shredder at one point backhandedly says he went the robots because he was tired of training ninjas who were pathetic, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, uh, that's a good explanation. Yeah, you can go, you can roll with that. Yeah. Uh, okay, his second question, David's second question. From the second Turtles movie, Secret of the Ooze. Why do you think Shredder created two new mutants in Taka and Razor when Bebop and Rocksteady were right there? That one's also very easy. I've heard this one from Kevin Eastman himself. You so, wait, hold on. Friend this is a of the podcast, <laughs> Kevin Eastman. <laughs> yes. This is a pop culture pastor scoop. He heard it from Kevin Eastman himself. Scotty, why? So so when when Secret Lose was being filmed, the cartoon had just kind of started to get its footing. Bebop and Rex, they were created specifically for the cartoon. Okay. I didn't Eastman know that. Laird, Eastman and Laird were both very much felt like those characters were were not something that they really wanted back. They felt like they were they were not the brightest characters. They were pretty much there for the comic relief. Okay. So they very when they started to put together the second movie, they were heavily involved in the process and wanted to drift away from that. So thus they went with two other beans that end up being that way anyway. <laughs> but um now years later now with the IDW run, he is went back in and reintroduced people on Rock Study in IDW comics and made them pretty much what he wanted them to be, that more adult not just a slapstick variety yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay interesting that's good stuff that it's, was an insider scoop it was scotty. maybe our first ever yeah scotty's people who knows people he is i've done the knuckles with a kevin eastman once <laughs> you did you fist did. bumped kevin eastman yes the w- one half of the creative duo uh that created teenage Mutant ninja turtles so whatever happened to layered where's layered oh. Laird is still out there. Laird is is still working. Um, I are, are they stuck, not friends anymore? They're they are. They got back together actually for the Toys That Made Us documentary. Oh, okay. Um, they actually just did a Yosagi Jimbo Turtles crossover cover together. Oh, cool! The first work they've done together in you know fifteen to twenty years actually. Awesome. Uh, they're both hey. doing something. So <laughs> reconciliation is neat. Well, and that's pretty much what how Last Ronin came to be. It was there was originally an outline from the tomb that got thrown in a drawer. So then once the tombs are talking again, Eastman went to Laird and said, Hey, can I proceed with this? And Laird goes, Yeah, go for it. All right. Um Adam Fogelman asks, What are the best superhero slash villain vehicles? It's the Batmobile. Did you answered that quick. Are you <laughs> sure you don't want to say the Thanos copter? because that's a thing and it was beautiful (laughs) we all need a thanos and you might be thinking why does thanos need a helicopter and i would say shut up (laughs) just just shut up because we all need a copter uh so i know what my mom would say 
It, it's the Wonder Woman Invisible Jet. <laughs> yeah. Go. yeah. 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 She was a huge fan of that series because like she's growing up with Wonder Woman, like being the, the cool hero. I to feel watch. like I feel like her jet's only invisible so we can see her. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the cartoon was great. Remember the old Justice League cartoon <laughs> super uh, with the yeah. super twins? Yeah, Wonder and, Twins. And yeah, well, the Wonder Twin, Twins and Wonder Woman had her invisible jet. It just looked hilarious. Like they just didn't want to draw the jet. So yep. she's just flying through the clouds looking like she's sitting in something. That's great. What about, didn't Spider-Man have a buggy he for a while? Spider buggy, yeah. A spider buggy? <laughs> a spider buggy. Listen, you, you might not understand that, but back in the 70s and 80s, dune buggies were a thing. Everybody <laughs> was making dune buggies. Is Space Ghost considered a hero? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I love me some space ghost. Space ghost. We'll go with his um spaceship. Yeah, I mean it looked cool. What was that? What cartoons were those? Who who did those? Is that um is that Hanna Barbera? It should be Hanna Barbera, yeah. 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 That, I love me some space ghost, man. Bring back space ghost. Um, whoever's listening that can make what, that what happen. about what about ghost riders motorcycle that's ghost legit Rider. yeah ghost yeah. rider is awesome yeah, ghost rider it doesn't even matter like you're like how does that work with flaming wheels and again it's just shut up i, I was <laughs> going to say i saw a tiktok of this kid that like lit off some fireworks and had like gasoline on his uh, no. bicycle <laughs> <laughs> it looked cool that for- didn't work for like 15 seconds. <laughs> uh, any other vehicles we can think of? Do do villains have besides the Thanos copter? Um, the Joker. Like Did the Joker have some in the uh cartoon, like with the Scooby Doo gang. He had something. <laughs> he's a, he's had the Scooby Doo gang, the mystery ass. machine. Yeah. How do we miss that? Well, I wasn't going to count them in my heroes. <laughs> they could fit the gang and the Harlem Globetrotters in there. They could. Amazing. <laughs> Punisher had the Punisher wagon, the van. You know. Oh, yeah. Adam Fogelman, who asked that question, by the way, I believe is in South Africa right now. He's a missionary. Oh. I think that's where he's at. I could be wrong. He's in Africa somewhere. So I don't know if he's going to be able to hear this or not. Adam, Great question. Adam, if you're listening, how's the weather there? Uh, Lauren Allen from Texas. Pretty sure that's where she's from. Yeah. She she asks, what is the best chip that exists? Um, the best like chip. chip from like Chippendale Rescue Rangers? No, 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 no. I think she means like chips, potato chip. Now, this is an important distinction, though. Does it have to be chip shaped or can it be like Cheetos or can it be uh, pork rinds? You know, like does all is the qualification that it has to come in a chip bag? Cool Ranch Doritos. But or it, chip in from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. You're welcome. I am a little partial to the Doritos that are the roulette Doritos, the ones where they every third chip they put like they dump the spice on it. That could be death. No, yeah. no, it's actually pretty good, and I want all the chips to be that. I'm I'm a, I'm a dill pickle lays guy. Dill pick. What is wrong with you? Loose cannons, Scotty. <laughs> I love it. Pickle chips. Yeah. Come on with the pickle um, chips. In middle school, that was my go-to was pickle <laughs> chips. So that's a good callback. I'm yeah. about to blow your minds because I'm about to tell you the best chip that it ever invented. It does not exist anymore. But back in the 80s, I know it's always the 80s for me. 
there was a chip that came out for a little while called pizzerias. You ever have pizzerias, Scotty? I haven't. They tasted just like pizza. Um, I re- they saved me. I remember the first time I had them was on a camping trip where we ca- camped in an actual tent, which was terrible. And the only thing that kept me sane was this bag of pepperoni pizzerias. And they, they were amazing. It was not like the pizza Pringles. Oh, no. Pizza Pringles are off. How dare you? They're terrible. <laughs> By the way, I ate a whole tube of those in Israel. I remember <laughs> I remember I had I had pizza Pringles in Israel. I equate many of my life events with food. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, but pizzerias, pizzerias were legit. I've made that might have been the late 80s, early 90s, and they need to bring them back. They were amazing. I don't know if I believe you. Pizza Pringles do not hold a candle to pizzerias. It's it's always that, or it's always um jalapeno baked, you know. Baked? Help. Yeah. Baked? What are you, some kind of health nut? <laughs> Come on, Jenny Craig. Are you serious with that? Yeah. No. No, I don't want no baked chips. None. And maybe chicken and a biscuit crackers. Um, but those aren't chips. Yeah, those are crackers. What if yeah. you're British? Then we're talking about French fries. Yeah. Chips. Because mm. over there, chips are crisps. Um, which just, I'm blowing people's minds. You are. <laughs> I'm still going with chip from Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers being the best chip. Uh, Blue Chips, the movie. Not bad. Best movie yeah. about chips. Best Nick Nolte, Shaq, Shaq in his feature film debut. Is Penny in that? And Penny Hardaway, Penny Hardaway, yeah. and the dude yeah. from Indiana that no one remembers. Penny. Jacques Vaughn was in that movie. Yes, no, 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 not was it Jacques? No, it was Adonis Jordan. Adonis oh, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Adonis Jordan. Yeah. Anyways, you know, it, we we would be amiss if we didn't think about chips about motorcycle cops too. You know. Oh yeah, the California. Yeah. Highway oh, Haunch America Strata Haunch Fonzarelli. No, wait, yes. that wasn't his last name. What, what was the name? It's Ponch. It's just yeah, Ponch. Ponch. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Lauren, our official answer is Chip from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. That's our official answer. <laughs> uh, Scotty, thanks for stopping by, buddy. No problem. Anytime, we, guys. We needed your help with the, the knowledge. Yes. All right. Stay tuned. Main subject coming up next back to school stuff on the way. Okay, we're we're back. We got our snacks. We answered some listener questions. That's how we roll. That's <laughs> what we do. And uh, now we're ready to talk about our main subject. We're talking about back to school entertainment. Now, first, we really should talk about what what kind of feelings do you get when I say back to school, Cody? Dread, <laughs> existential <laughs> dread. So we we had a similar experience. <laughs> So I would say, like, if you had asked me this about five years ago, I would have been like, oh, there were some good times. (laughs) But then the past two years, I've been in my master's program that I just wrapped up. And yeah, like dread. (laughs) That's all I can think of now. Yeah. But I did the online school thing. And that that, might that doesn't count. That might be why it's so dreadful. Yeah, you're talking about the work. Yeah. But like, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about the work when I was thinking about going back to school when I was younger, because I usually wasn't going to do the work anyways. 
<laughs> Way to go. So we were, were in the same boat. about having to get up out of bed before, you know, noon. I had it all figured out of how, what I had to get on every test just to pull D's and not do any homework. <laughs> D's are passing. That's right. D's stand for diploma. That's what I was told. <laughs> do not take this advice, children. No, this is not good advice. Danielle, what do you think about when you think about back to school? What was what was it like for you? Because you have an interesting voice here in this scenario because we're usually, you know, talking guy stuff. We're such manly men, Cody and I. So what was it like for you, a girl, to go back to school? Was that exciting uh, for you? I always liked you were back, popular. I liked back to school shopping. Yeah. I was a big fan of that. You were popular though, right? Uh, yeah, that means yes. That means yes, yes by the way. <laughs> I don't know. No. Like you combine our popularity of Dave and I, and we're still a fraction of negative numbers (laughs) of Danielle. I think I was too shy to be popular. But people liked you. Yeah. Well, because I was nice. I was nice. And I was not popular. (laughs) I probably wasn't that nice. I mostly just like getting new clothes and shoes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't mind school. I never hated school. Man. I loved movies so much that the back to school feeling for me was dread. Number one, always because I didn't like school, but there was always this part of me that believed that this was my, cause I'd watched so many movies where um, like, we're going to talk about tonight where the, the main person goes from zero to hero, you know? And I always thought going into every year from like eighth grade up, I thought this is my year. This is my year where I'm going to become a cool kid. Um, and it just never happens. <laughs> so watching the office reruns, uh, Michael Scott talks about like how there's like all these movies about like the ugly girl in uh, school uh, gets transformed into the most beautiful woman and wins prom queen and come to find out she really wasn't ugly. She just had glasses. She's all that. <laughs> so she's all that. Did you take off your glasses? <laughs> Because that could have been it. Yeah, you could have tried that. And I had awful glasses. You could have tried that, and you also could have tried playing hacky sack like Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. Might have worked. Can I just say that Rachel Lee Cook was working with a lot more than I was working with? (laughs) Like, she's all that. that, the, The hilarious thing about that trope is that Rachel Lee Cook, even in glasses and overalls, was not... You can tell right away that's not, she's not unpopular. She's not hard to look at. Trust me, the glasses don't do you any favors. Oh, <laughs> and they so did. you should have removed them. I don't know what changed because my daughters wear glasses when they don't need to now. They just wear like <laughs> designer glasses, their vision's fine. They just wear them to wear them because apparently it's a good fashion so now. Cool. Wasn't a good fashion for me or Rachel. The Freddie, by the way, the Freddie Prince hacky sack scene is just legend. That's my favorite. But they did, they told that story much better with Never Been Kissed with Mm -hmm. Josie Grossy. Like they made Josie Grossy look kind of gross. Like (laughs) (laughs) Drew Barrymore is very cute, but they made her look kind of, I mean, they, they did it better in that story. The hilarious thing about that movie is I don't even know how old Drew Barrymore was that time. But nobody would have believed she was in high school. Yeah, she had to have been in her 30s when they made that movie, or yeah. maybe 40s. Even. Nobody was falling for that. 
I like to think she had just turned 17. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- I will tell Which you. Which makes it then totally appropriate when she kisses the teacher in the base, at the, on the pitching She mound. was about to turn 18. That's a long played out trope. It because is. there's several movies I'm going to talk about tonight uh, that, that are basically that story, except, you know, long before those movies. Weird Science was uh, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, what's his name? I always forget his name, but the guy that did Breakfast Club. You know, you going to help me out there? Nope. Because <laughs> I'm drawing a blank and we'll draw a blank together. John Hughes. Yeah. That's the guy. John Hughes did Weird Science. Breakfast Club is another one. Uh, if we're going to talk about it, I'll just start it off. Let's talk about Breakfast Club. Do you remember Breakfast Club? I do. But- that was on TBS whenever they had their 80s shows on. So. Five high school students from different walks of life endure a Saturday detention under a power-hungry principal played by the legendary Paul Gleason, by the way. Uh, the disparate group includes Rebel John, played by Judd Nelson. Princess Claire, Molly Ringwald, in her the prime of her Molly Ringwaldness, outcast Allison Ali Sheedy, and Brainy Brian, played by Anthony Michael Hall, and Andrew the Jock, played by Emilio Estevez, and they all like have detention and they get together. There, some of them are popular, some are not popular, but they get together and they all bond. And I was for a while there, I thought my what I need to do is just get a bunch of us in trouble, so I end up <laughs> in detention with some cool kids with Emilio Estevez, and then they can see how cool I was. I didn't even know who I was. Who would you be of the Breakfast Club? I think I was a a cross between Judd Nelson and uh, Ali Sheedy. <laughs> Ali Sheedy because she was wearing I don't know what she was wearing in this movie At one point she's like shaking her dandruff Out of her hair um, And I think uh, This is not I'm, I don't mean to put my mom on blast here But I feel like my school clothes were always Garage sale finds So mm. my clothes were always hopelessly dated See that's why you didn't like school <laughs> Yeah <laughs> you didn't I, need to go back to school shopping No I never got like new new clothes and then until I got older and got a job, but then I didn't buy nice clothes. I bought football jerseys. So I did see a fan theory that they think that it really did not happen. That Ali Sheedy's character just made this all up in her mind. And they had some good points. Why do we do that? I don't know why everything needs a fan theory that like, <laughs> oh, it's really not how they portrayed it. It was all in this one character's mind. <laughs> my, my oldest is like, she really likes watching film theory on YouTube where they do a bunch of this, where it's, they just go down these rabbit holes that don't need to be gone down. Like, it's like you're digging the hole, bro. Yeah. There was no hole. Yeah. I honestly believe that all this really did happen. I'm good with it. Well, it's the same with Ferris Bueller, right? Somebody said it's all Ferris Bueller's dream or something like that. Or no, it's Cameron's dream. Yeah. Ferris Bueller is technically not a back-to-school movie because it's near the end of the school year. But it's a school movie. But it is a school movie, (laughs) and it does give you those feels. I will say from Ferris Bueller, I learned the, the one thing that that imitates life better, you know, more than just being a fake movie uh, the thing about it that's really realistic is I learned more in my one day of adventures than I ever learned from a day of school. Burn! Because there's a there's a moral to that. Yeah, he says it. He says, life goes pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You'll miss it. 
So Ferris Bueller's Day Off really was never one that I could watch all the way through. Are you going to engage in Ferris Bueller slander? Um, I'm going to engage in like more Ben Stein. <laughs> the most Bueller. Conf- yeah. Bueller. It was classic. That's oh, a classic yeah. movie. It has classic scenes. I don't know if it withstands the test of time. Oh, it does. I watched it recently. So honestly, the the 80s school movie that works for me, real genius. Well, because it's got Val Kilmer in it. It does have Val Kilmer in it, but it stands the test of time. Real genius uh, was one I watched a lot and never got into. Oh, I've, never, I've never seen that. Loved it. But it's a college movie. The premise is this kid who's 13 gets into like MIT and gets to hang out with Val Kilmer working with lasers. That's what heaven's like in Cody's mind (laughs) is hanging out with Val Kilmer and lasers. (laughs) What if I told you that movie made $5 million and only made 13 million at the box office? It cost 8 million to make and it made 13 million at the box office. Hey, it was like always obscure Comedy Central airings that I watched it on. So that's not surprising. Yeah. And B, Val Kilmer's been underrated his whole darn life. That was like the movie that sends Val Kilmer, though, right? Wasn't that his big or top secret? Oh, no. No, because people knew who he was by top secret. It was kind of this movie. Like, if you're Gabriel Jarrett, who played Mitch Taylor, are, are you bitter? It should have been me. I should have been the star. You <laughs> didn't carry somebody. the heavy load. Uh, William Atherton's also in that movie as um, the evil professor. He was the guy in Ghostbusters as the evil EPA officer. So John uh, Grease, Grice, mm-hmm. who played Laszlo. He honestly did far more than the kid did. So, yeah, 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 yeah. He was good. He always played the weird guy, too. In fact, Laszlo, John Grease, he ends up in a lot of those uh, Savage Steve Holland movies, like mm, the with yeah. John Cusack, Better Off Dead. Uh, he's in One Crazy Summer, I think, as the crazy dude who's listening to the radio trying to win the sweepstakes. Side note, kids, back in the 80s, People would listen to the radio nonstop when the radio would have contests. Be the 13th caller to call in now and you could win a new car. Were you young enough to to hit that at all? Oh, it still happened in the 90s. And the office, again, references that. And they, uh, Dwight tries to be the 94th caller or something. (laughs) Yeah. And Michael's like, 94. (laughs) Yeah. It was a ridiculously high number. So Scran might have a lot more listeners. <laughs> Side note, and this is going to blow my wife away because I don't think she's heard this story. My dad got banned from radio contests of a certain kind. So back in the 80s, there was this station in Topeka that did treasure hunts. And they would give you clues. And somewhere in town, just randomly somewhere, would be hidden this prize. Or something that you returned in for the prize. And I think my dad won it multiple times. <laughs> and which he is, totally couldn't play Which anymore. is weird because this is, I know my dad doesn't listen to the pod, so this won't hurt his feelings. But my dad's not like an investigator. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, I like to think your dad was Tom Selleck in Magnum <laughs> P.I. I remember he won a waterbed. 
because he had a wa- he had a waterbed. Waterbeds were so gross. Oh man, yeah. But you got to understand the '80s. Waterbeds were all of that. Um, that I was had luxury. a waterbed until I was like 14. Yeah, right. But you know, by the time you had it, it was nobody liked them. Well, I'm just saying it was probably purchased in the 80s since I was born. To be honest, nobody ever liked waterbeds. But if you had one in the 80s, it was a big deal. You were basically sleeping on air that was liquefied. Having a waterbed in 1988 (laughs) or 87. (laughs) Air that was... Having a waterbed in 1987 or so was sort of like having a VCR in 1983. Oh, so you're wealthy. And a microwave in 1979. That, I mean, you're, there, were, there were definitely levels of luxury. You're right living the good life. Yeah. Back then. When VCRs first came out, you paid a thousand bucks for that piece of junk that was tearing <laughs> up your tapes. <laughs> you pull that thing out after rewinding it, the tapes all out of the, Yeah. Nothing worse than that. Betamax was where it was at. I, do, I still don't understand how Betamax doesn't win out over VHS. The tapes were smaller, the machine more compact. I don't get it. We're Americans. Bigger, the better. Not true. <laughs> that is not okay. Anyways, Breakfast Club was good. <laughs> Breakfast Club was good. Um, Molly Ringwald was good. Just Was yeah. she? She was. Was she? Yes. I, <sighs> I don't. I don't I, know. I don't know. This Although, is not up for listen, debate. Yes, Warren she was Beatty good. famously thought Molly Ringwald was going to be the next huge star. Like Warren Beatty's a respected, like Hall of Fame type actor, and everyone thought Molly Ringwald was going to be a huge star. Now, when you watch her movies, do you look at it and go, "Oh man, she's an amazing actress"? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But she was, for whatever reason, I can't. That's one of those things you can't really explain unless you were there. But people dug Molly Ringwald. And oh. she's like, look, she's not, she's not, I don't want to be mean. Because like you go back and watch a Molly Ringwald movie and realize dudes were in love with her. And, 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 you know, I, I, I can't really explain that now because she's fine. But like, there was just something about her. She had this, like this, this charisma and Molly Ringwald with 16 candles. I get it, but that's a classic and a great movie, and she's good in it. And then, so it's inexplicable to think like, what happened? Where where'd she go? I do know she tried out for other films. Yeah, what other films? Do you know of any? Uh, so she was on I Love the Eighties, and they mm-hmm. they brought her like all the Brat Pack movies up, and she was like a topic of discussion, and she literally didn't really have a good excuse why she wasn't the next Meryl well, Streep. Because she wasn't a good enough actress, probably. It turns out she was kind of one note. She played like roughly the same kind of character in all of her films. She was really good at it, though. She was in a film not too long ago where she was the mom of like someone in high school. I saw she's been getting some work as like a mom type character. Well, don't you think a lot of times teen actors, they don't transition very yeah. well. I mean, yeah. there aren't very many that I can think of that transitioned gracefully. We're probably <laughs> going to talk about that step. a lot, actually. My friend Emilio, he became <laughs> a great hockey coach. <laughs> so He was Billy the Kid. And He's Drew not, Barrymore listen, became a Charlie's Angel. It so. is a... 
it is a doggone shame that we would any he would be remembered as Gordon Bombay from the Mighty Ducks <laughs> over Billy the Kid and Young Guns. Because Young Guns was huge. The issue is no one remembers Young Guns because like a few years later, Tombstone comes out and blows it out of the water. Right. Because if you go back when Young Guns and Young Guns 2 came out, and if you'd have told somebody then, like, what if I told you that Mighty Ducks is going to be long remembered when Young Guns is forgotten? They would have, they'd have laughed you out of the room. They'd have said you were crazy because Young Guns was huge. Charlie Sheen, he dies in the first one. Spoilers. But Billy the Kid and that movie, Kiefer Sutherland's in that. Tons of people are in the The Diamond, Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> La Bamba. La Bamba himself. <laughs> Lou Diamond Stinking Phillips. I had this guy I worked with back in the day who just called him the Diamond. <laughs> That's why I called him that. He was a big Lou Diamond fan. I don't even know why. This was this was in, you know, 1998, 99. Oh. Long so- past Lou Diamond's glory years, but this this guy I worked with just loved him. Oh, I'm glad someone did. Yeah. I wonder if he got really excited. I, I lost track of him after I stopped working that place. I wonder if he got excited and when Lou Diamond had his kind of comeback here, yeah, in recent years, I mean, it wasn't really a big comeback, but he got some. He got some work. He did. He also was in an Imagine Dragons music video. Really? Yeah. What, what was he doing in that? Um, I don't remember if he was fighting or if he was managing like a fight. Mm. The Diamond. He's always fighting. Yeah, he is. Danielle, do you? Is there some movie you want to talk about and bring up about? A back to school type thing or any sort of entertainment what it makes you think of any sort of entertainment yeah i mean it could be songs <laughs> N- no there's I music i have songs do you vitamin c no oh. the graduation yeah. song <laughs> no, no. <laughs> don't don't do that don't do that it'll be stuck in my head um no i like there are several movies that come to mind for me legally blonde is a oh, back to school movie. It yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good one. And Clueless, of course. Clueless everybody, is a classic. Everybody wanted to be Cher. Everybody wanted to have Cher's closet. There were so many good things about that movie, not least of which is the Paul beginning Rudd. of Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd wearing the KU hat um, in the movie. Although. It debuted before. It's not Paul Rudd's introduction into film. Is no, it not? But, no, I oh. don't think so. But it's like the first memorable, so I think. So <laughs> he is in one of the Halloweens. The Halloween movie comes out after Clueless, but it introduces Paul Rudd because it re- they filmed it first. Oh, okay. Mm. And so it is technically Paul Rudd's First film, but Clueless comes out first. Even though everyone loved Paul Rudd in Clueless, did you? Did anyone think the first time they saw Clueless that Paul Rudd would be as huge as he is today? You can think Friends. Man, Paul Rudd still looks the same as he did when he was on <laughs> Clueless. But yeah, you know what I keep thinking about now when I think about Clueless is like the scene when the the friend, I can't think of the friend's name, when she gets... Kai. A, no, not, not not Kai. Not. Oh, oh, the other girl, the girl that's like a Republican honk now. Uh, the <laughs> the uh, what's her name? Hang on, Rachel. <laughs> Dion. Yeah, Dion. Dion. Who's she played by? She's played by Stacy Dash. Dash. Yeah, big Republican. Yeah, Stacy Dash is a big Donald Republican. Faison's in that. Hey, yeah. Scrubs. 
So Dion is driving and her boyfriend, I think, is like in the passenger seat and shares in the back seat. And she like somehow accidentally gets on the interstate. And <laughs> and I keep having flashbacks to that scene now that my 15 year old is learning oh. to drive. And I mean, I'm just telling you right now, she is not a good driver. Look, look y'all, <laughs> y'all need to pray for us. Y'all need to pray for us. My oldest daughter. Um, she, she'll get in the car and I'll be in behind the wheel of my car. And she says, can I drive? And it's the same reaction every time. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> she stops. Like she almost comes to a complete stop in the middle of the turn. I keep telling you, you can't do that. You got to accelerate through the turn. You- <laughs> she scares me. Yeah. It's like Dion on the interstate. Yeah. Have her watch Talladega Nights. Um, <laughs> Alicia Silverstone to, to get back on topic. Alicia Silverstone, it's hard to explain to people now how huge she was, too. Yeah. So she she makes a big on in Aerosmith music videos. That's her where you first Liv. see her. Everyone fell in love with her in Liv Tyler, right? Yeah. Uh, and then she gets this movie, and this is like her big breakout movie. What do you think what do you think killed her career? And why was it Batman and Robin? Sadly, <laughs> I do think it is that. <laughs> Uh, that killed a lot of careers. It killed a lot of careers. But when DC needed a Batman cameo at the end of their new Flash movie, they went to Clooney's. Well, Clooney needed a redemption. So <laughs> I was okay with it. Slash, he's a billionaire with his Nespresso. And Is he really? He, he, like Ryan Reynolds, has some alcohol company. And I think he sold it for... Several hundred millions of dollars. Wow. I'm convinced Ryan Reynolds is a genius, but that's neither here nor there. We were talking about Clueless. You know what I think of every time I think of Clueless is that I get sad because I see Brittany Murphy. Mm. Yeah, she was amazing. I was in love with, you know, I love my wife (laughs) since she's sitting right here. So this is kind of weird, but I was in love with Brittany Murphy. Yeah. I loved her and and like her story is kind of sad. Yeah, it is Uh, because she's no longer around. But she was great in this movie as Ty, not Kai, is Ty. Brecken Myers in this movie. There's a ton of people in this movie. I, one of the movies I think of a lot is Billy Madison. <laughs> he literally goes back to school. He does. Oh, back to he school. sings a song. <laughs> back to school, back to school to prove to dad that I'm not a fool. <laughs> I remember I saw that in the theater. Mm-hmm. And... It was so absurd, but it was so unlike any comedies that we had seen like up to that point. I remember thinking it was just so different. We weren't expecting much from it because at this time, Adam Sandler is a bit player on Saturday Night Live and he's always does the weird stuff. The weird stuff made me laugh. So Norm McDonald. Was he doing like the camping, um, the camping bits? Yeah. So he would, yeah. And he always had the weird song he'd sing. So at this time he was kind of known for um, his songs in in the weekend update segment. So Opera Man. Opera Man. But he sang uh, Lunch Lady Lady. Land Uh on Saturday Night Live and Red Hooded Sweatshirt. Red Hooded Sweatshirt. Dip, dip, dip. Um, I saw him live in concert, by the way. That was my first concert ever. (laughs) I don't know if that's something to be proud of or something that's sad. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, So, yeah, Billy Madison also has another great song that I still reference to this day when I see a very, what's the word I'm looking for, a cliche kind of rock band. 
uh, the band he has when he graduates the third grade. Billy passed the third grade. Oh, what a wonderful day. Oh, passing third grade. The Billy Madison way. Rock on. <laughs> it's, it's so hilarious. So not appropriate for kids. Yes, so, that movie has so many messed up things going like, on. Like literally whenever they talk about, so I work in the school district, but whenever they talk about like, a kid peed his pants. I'm like, <laughs> if peeing your pants is cool, then I'm Miles Davis. Consider oh, me Miles Davis. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Let's go. <laughs> that, that movie was so weird, but it worked on so many levels. So that movie and Tommy Boy come out within a span of a few months, I think. Herbie and, Hancock. And that was good times, man. So I also really like, and I know you're not as big of a fan of it, but it is a school movie with Adam Sandler, Waterboy. Mm, yeah. Like that one That's a back to school. was super yeah. quotable mm-hmm. in the 90s. It, and the football scenes are actually pretty well done considering it's a comedy. Oh, a yeah. Slapsticky kind of comedy with the a- typical Adam. By that time, it was the typical Adam Sandler kind of absurdity. And I was here for it. Yeah, but and, that, what I really liked about that movie was really surprising thinking about that movie is how good the football scenes were. When he hit someone, it looked like he was really hitting them. And Rob Schneider gets paid for the one line he has in the movie <laughs> still to this day. So I think Rob Schneider is maybe why I didn't like that movie. <laughs> Rob Schneider, but Rob Schneider's in everything. Him and Adam Sandler are boys. I know. Mm-hmm. What about With Honors? You remember that movie? Oh, that was Brendan Fraser, right? Yeah. I don't even really care for Brendan Fraser. Sorry. Whoa. (laughs) Sorry, Cody. But that movie was like super good. Have you seen George of the Jungle? I mean, the gauntlet just got thrown down. (laughs) Do we need to take a break here and just talk about Brendan Fraser and how... Everything he's ever done is great. Now we know why his career kind of gets sidetracked. Now that you know the story and it's kind of sad. It's very sad. School Ties, Encino Man, The Mummy. The Mummy was huge when it came out. Mm-hmm. Every He was the next Harrison Ford. Should have cast him as Indiana Jones. Bedazzled, probably a mistake, but it was there. He was great in it. Was he? He was. Airheads is a classic that mm-hmm. nobody talks about. Anyways, all this to say, how dare you with the Brendan Fraser slander? Um, I liked With Honors. <laughs> Super good. Super couple good of movie. episodes on Scrubs. Heartbreaking. <laughs> he you has range. Every time we bring up Brendan Fraser, he you bring up the Scrubs episodes. You're welcome. I quit. I quit. How many seasons of Scrubs were there? So there was eight real seasons, and then there was a ninth. Okay. We should mention the Karate Kid. It is absolutely a back-to-school movie. That's part of the angst, the anxiety that Daniel LaRusso feels as he's a fish out of water and he arrives right at the beginning of the school year and that stinks for him. And he's such a jabroni. He is a jabroni. He deserved everything. (laughs) (laughs) We had a whole, uh, by the way, look back through the pod library if you haven't heard, if you haven't been here, if you're new, because we have a whole episode on why Ralph Macchio is the worst in every movie. Spoilers. He's not the Brendan Fraser. He's like the opposite of it. He's the anti Brendan Fraser. <laughs> um, do you remember a movie called Lean on Me? Was that a movie you watched? That's a made up I movie. I remember that movie. It was 
a movie with star- starring Morgan Freeman. It's yeah. like Morgan Freeman's breakout film. Uh, it's Shawshank Redemption. It's a based on a true story. In this fact-based film, a New Jersey superintendent, Dr. Frank Napier, played by Benson, Robert Guillaume, also the voice of the, the monkey in Lion King. Rafiki? Rafiki, yeah. He watches helplessly as East Side High becomes the lowest-ranked school in the state, and with nowhere else to turn, Dr. Napier enlists Maverick ex-teacher Joe Clark, played by Morgan Freeman, to take over as principal of the declining school. Unfortunately for Clark, before he can focus on improving the student body's state exam scores, he has to somehow rid the school of its gang and narcotics problem. This movie was on HBO constantly, and I think that's why I see it a lot, but I'm not mad because it was a great movie. And it exposed me as a young kid growing up in Kansas to like what it was like for inner city kids going to school and the plight of that, of not being able to pick what school you get to go to, you know, Mm -hmm. how we're all kind of forced into the schools we're just near and how that doesn't work out for some people. And Morgan Freeman is just so good in this, this movie. It's because he's good in everything. I was going to say, is he bad in anything? No. Plus, obviously, there's a popular song of the same name, and they actually work in the Club Novo version of Lean On Me. You know, the boom, 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 boom. <laughs> you know, it's kind of yeah. R&B-ish, hip-hop-ish. I do remember. Except it was Club Nouveau. It was. Anyways, it's a great movie. If DJ was here, he would echo it. Because I'm sure he has thoughts about Lean On Me. He does. Danielle, is there any other stuff you, you, you well, think of? When I can't think of back not to mention Gilmore Girls when I think about back to school. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, in the very beginning of the series, like Rory gets accepted into that prep school or whatever. And so one of my very favorite quotes from the whole show, their banter, that show is known for its banter, right? They go shopping for school supplies. And Rory wants serious school supplies because it's a serious school. And so Lorelai says, oh, here are your somber highlighters, your maudlin pencils, your manic depressive (laughs) pens. Now, these erasers are on lithium, so they may seem cheerful, but we actually caught them trying to shove themselves into the pencil sharpener earlier. That's like my very favorite line (laughs) of the whole show. (laughs) My favorite thing from that show is she introduced me to Tarjay. Ah, Tarjay. That's Luke's daughter. Yes. Yeah. And Luke was like, is, is that some expensive designer <laughs> store? <laughs> Gilmore Girls is, is, is one of those interesting little pieces of pop culture because I don't know if anything had been done like it before where it's so dependent on the script writing. Like mm. whoever was writing the script for those, and I don't, I don't know enough about it to know, but the, the banter was the draw. So and like, the actors that could deliver it. Yes, because yeah. you couldn't just have, I mean, I couldn't deliver that line the same way, obviously. But, you know, like back when you'd buy series, like, you know, I had, I had the series of season one on DVD or whatever, and it came in the case. In the back of the case, there was like a little booklet that uh, spelled out all the like references that were made. And oh, what, wow. what they meant. Wow. Like, <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. So, so it let was, me, it was crazy. Let me ask you this because I do have an example of things that involve that followed series back to school was a part of these series. So for instance, Harry Potter mm-hmm. is like the same calendar year, basically. Yes. As school of every movie. And it follows the school year. And mm-hmm. I remember Smallville was kind of like that. 
with, uh, you know, the, the Superboy TV show. It was always at the be- you know, they were always going back to school. At the beginning of the season, was Gilmore Girls based kind of like on that as well? Uh, it was like that pretty much um, for the first several seasons. For, for the first several seasons. Toward the end, I think it got off a little bit. Generally revolved around the school year. Were you a fan of Harry Potter? Who wasn't? <laughs> I always wonder with the people that were younger when that came so out. So I did they read equate the books. that with school? Mm-hmm. I read the books. Yeah. And so it it goes with school. Going back to school is always such a main story point. They go to the train station, they find like the secret portal place where you had to go to get back on the train that took you to Hogwarts to mm-hmm. go back to school. Indeed. It's always a big deal. It was. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, so I got a couple movies and a couple series. But we'll go with the movie first. Okay. Mean Girls. Mean Girl. There's the Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Can I can I make a can I make a, a confession? Please do. I've never seen Mean Girls. I've never seen not mean one, what? Not one second. In the wide world of sports <laughs> have you been doing because... with your life? <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Lindsay Lohan's prime does not hit me in my sweet spot. <laughs> oh my goodness. So this when people say, Cody, are you ready to work with high school kids? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I watched Mean Girls. <laughs> I know what high school is like. <laughs> I am high school. <laughs> um, no, it was a phenomenal movie. So <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, phenomenal. her parents were like missionaries in Africa. And so she was, yeah, she was not raised in the United States. She moves back and she's an outcast starting school. Lindsay Lohan's not in real life. The character. The character. Yes. Oh, I was like, wait, (laughs) Lindsay's an MK? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) She doesn't seem the type. But yeah, so she (laughs) goes to school and she finds out that there's herds of people or cliques. And herds of people. <laughs> and so Rachel McAdams is like the worst person ever in this. How can that be? She was so sweet in the notebook. And then that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, or is she the worst? Is it really Caddy, AKA Lindsay Lohan? And um, you get great performances and hilarious lines about, Lacey Chabaret's parents inventing the toaster strudel. and <laughs> <laughs> That sounds funny. Still, still haven't seen it. So and Tim Meadows is in it. Oh, Tim Meadows. And um, Leslie Nope, a.k.a. Amy Poehler. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Tina Fey. Amanda Seyfried. This has everyone and their mom in it, and you haven't watched it. No. We'll let the listeners decide. Should I go back and watch Mean Girls? Is it worth me to go back and watch it? Yes, I will answer for them. Okay. You go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> All right. It's worth me to watch? Right. Yes. Uh, I recently rewatched School of Rock with Jack Black. Mm. So can I tell you a secret? Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. My family loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Which means you hated it. I liked it the first time I watched it. Got, it got played out. I'm like, this isn't rewatchable stuff. Oh, it's totally rewatchable. And like, everyone's like, oh, it's so great. 
You know who like is super underrated in that? Joan Cusack. It's Joan Cusack is like terminally underrated. Why? She's in great. Everything she's she's excellent. So is she better than her brother John? Yes. Is I, she more talented than John? Yes. I, I would I would think so. I don't think so. Oh. But I think that they're on the same level. Okay. Of she talent. just doesn't get she doesn't I get I think the glory. it has to do with her look. I think she doesn't fit the Hollywood stereotype. Because in in the uh, sixteen Ru- candles, she wears like the whole dental headgear, <laughs> like the people that with braces that had to have the whole headgear. She's hilarious. So in Runaway Bride, I think it's that one that she's married yeah. to the the radio mm-hmm. host, yes. and it's Wake Up with Flim. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, she easily <laughs> delivered the best line of the whole movie. And the only thing I really remember about that movie. Well, besides Joan Cusack, do you know what I really love about School of Rock? Um, is it iCarly? <laughs> no, it is not iCarly. <laughs> She's in the movie. Yeah. Um, and and it's the music's great. All of the kids are great in that movie. If you Surely, I don't have to explain what that is. Surely everyone listening is seen or heard about school of rock but what i really love about school of rock is the inference by the movie that there are important things adjacent to the average cookie cutter school curriculum that the arts are important like they all learn something that the parents don't get until the end is that they've had an amazing learning experience when they thought that they were being snuck outside the school curriculum if only they had known jack black's mom was like a rocket scientist He's given a quality education. <laughs> Trust in Jack Black, people. Uh, what's your next one? So this was super quotable. I mean, everyone, their mom was quoting this. Your mom goes to college. <laughs> I still quote that. If you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Yes, I'm talking about Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Tina, have- you fat lard. <laughs> <laughs> Tina, eat. Eat your meat, meat, Tina. (laughs) You're going to eat those tots? Give me your tots. I can throw it over that mountain. Is that what started the your mom jokes? No, no. no. Your mom jokes before that. But I think that definitely brought them back. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So I've recently, there's been some viral posts on social media, Twitter, Facebook, about what the most overrated movies are. And Napoleon Dynamite gets brought up a lot. And I'm just like, what? How? How is it because you just admit that you don't understand the humor. If you're wanting a great story, okay, I get it. Like if you're wanting Citizen Kane, this is not it. <laughs> yeah, but, but they're not. Wanting, they're wanting she's all that. But if you're wanting humor, <laughs> they nail it with very dry humor and it's right up my alley. I, for Uncle Rico alone. <laughs> oh yeah. We should be but his brother Kip's amazing too. LaFonda. LaFonda. <laughs> oh, I'm really tired. I've been talking all day on the internet with hot chicks. So Hillary Duff's sister Haley is in it. And it was at yeah, that yeah, yeah. moment that I'm like. Is she like the popular She's the popular is. cheerleader girl. Okay. Yeah. She, I'm like, literally, she might be Summer. more talented Summer. than yeah. Hillary. So why are we wasting <laughs> our time? Recast Lizzie. McGuire, uh, that is. It's funny that Napoleon Dynamite kind of launches uh, that guy for a little while. John Heder. 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 I don't Heder. know how to say his yeah. name. Not not Pedro. Although no. I see him on other things. John Grease, by the way, who we talked about earlier, yeah. is Uncle Rico. 
<laughs> Nailed it. He's showing up a lot tonight. Uh, but John Hedder, like, yeah, c- kind of makes bank there for a while off in Napoleon. So Bar, Uncle right? Rico literally is stuck in his school days. Yeah. <laughs> um, this could just be the John Grease special. Another big back to school movie for me. Something I think about when I think about going back to school. Remember the Titans? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With Denzel, where he becomes the football coach of a newly integrated school back in the time of civil rights mm. movement. And yep. uh, the drama and all that goes with it. Of course, Loosely Den- based on real life stories. Yeah. And of course, Denzel is Denzel in it. He's amazing. Always amazing. Uh, Donald Faison's in it. A young Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Is in it. Who, and looks like he should be nowhere near a football field. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Denzel. So this is an interesting factoid. Denzel plays coach Herman Boone, who's a real life guy. I met Herman Boone once. But not Denzel. No. <laughs> well, it's still cool. It is. I, I, so I was driving cabs, or they were more like fancy town cars, or at least the Lawrence, Kansas version of it. <laughs> and I went to go pick up. They said they'd go pick up a guy, and he had just got done giving a talk somewhere. And he was, you know, he's older by this time. He gets in the back of my car. He's wearing a Remember the Titans movie, uh, hat, or Remember the Titans hat. And I said, well, I really like that movie. And he's like, that movie was about me. I was like, what? I'm Coach Herman Boone. I was like, get out. But not really, because we're moving. We're driving, yeah. you know. But I met I met Coach Herman Boone. He's a lovely dude. Was a lovely guy. He's sadly passed. but Rest in peace. Yeah. He was really nice. Really nice dude. And was excited, man. He was just, just excited about everything. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. What about Greece? Greece. So, like, it starts with... Going back to school, uh-huh. but it goes through the whole school goes through year. The whole year. But there's a whole song yeah. about summer loving. The, yep. Had me a blast. Summer, so summer, fast. summer loving happens so fast. And then don't you know it? She ends up at the same school. She does. It, Which it, is crazy. But in much a- tighter pants. <laughs> 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 By the way, slash uh, side note, uh, the, the youth boys, we were ta- I was talking about this before I came to record. Uh-huh. I was around some of my youth group, and they have watched it on VidAngel. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How much of this song? Some of those songs are... Well, I don't think I not as bad, bad as the scene with the pink ladies. I don't think yeah. I knew how bad that movie was until like I watched it as a teenager, and then as an adult, I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, there's some... <laughs> There's some serious stuff in there. And the pink ladies all look like they're 40. Yes. How did anyone think those people were in high school? I did not. Um, Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo looked really old. (laughs) So, Grease 2. Oh, that movie was terrible. Why why do you bring up Grease 2 when we bring up Grease? Because growing up, if Grease 1 was on, Grease 2 was to come on right after. And then you're like... That Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> she can act. <laughs> and then whatever happened to that cool guy riding the motorcycle? She was no Olivia Newton-John. That movie was trash. Everybody loved, what, Grease? No, Grease 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was trash. I think there was well, a Grease 3. Well, no, no one re-aired that one, so <laughs> thank goodness. Another interesting bit of Dave trivia is my mom's cousins used to babysit me sometimes on a Friday night or Saturday night. Okay. And my mom's cousins were younger 
and one of them was in high school and they watched me and they got me and their little sister to act out. So I knew all the words to all the Danny Zuko songs. I knew all the John Travolta parts and we acted out and did the, they like had the girl do the stamping on the cigarette and twisting her foot thing and everything. So I basically performed in a version of Greece when I was a kid. So I was really hoping this was going to lead to you meeting Olivia Newton-John or Michelle Pfeiffer. And it was, Oh, I would have led with that. I'd have <laughs> led with a meeting Olivia Newton-John. Are you kidding me? Let's get physical. Physical. I'm too young for that song, Dave. Michelle Pfeiffer was better as Catwoman. Olivia Newton-John was a big deal in the 80s. Very, very big deal. She was. Uh, but I think about that movie. Uh, what, do, what do you think? I got one left, and it's it's like my big one. Okay, so I, my big one will be a series. Okay, hit me with it. <sighs> say by the bell and say by the bell the college years. Oh, my goodness. In which the college years... <laughs> Benson or Rafiki is on those episodes. Like, I don't remember. I think he's a professor. And then uh, Golick, Mike Golick. Mike Golick, yeah, brother. I forgot about that. Or, is it Bob? Is he like yeah, Bob, Bob Golick is uh, the, like the RD or the RA. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, Say by the Bell was amazing. Yeah. All seasons of Say by the Bell. That has most of the original people. So I'd say even the early seasons with like uh, Miss Bliss played uh, yeah. by Haley Mill- Mills. Um, they don't quite land, but they're still watchable. Yeah, I was a big fan of Say by the Bell. Yeah, it's uh, a good show. Because you know, it's it's how many. It'd be interesting to know how many young people watch Say by the Bell, like girls, because they had a crush on Mark Paul Gosler mm-hmm. or AC Slater, I suppose. Not Screech, probably not Screech. Or the boys that watched it because they like Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Elizabeth Berkley and Lark Voorhees. Or the lady that played Tori, the biker. Yeah. Tori. Oh, I forgot about she her. She delivered Mr. Belding's kid in an elevator. Because <laughs> that happens at every high school I've been at. Was she? Now, she was early, right? No, or no, later. She was later. After Kelly, Jesse Spano leaves, Kelly leaves for a little bit and then comes back. Kelly but, Kapowski. Leaves. Yes, Tori replaces Kelly. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then they go like then they go to the summer retreat, Treat the resort that and, has uh, Leah Rimney. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because she was Stacy somebody. Leah Remini. That's the first time I remember really seeing Leah Remini was on Saved by the Bell. As Zach's summer girlfriend. Yes. So I feel like similar to Saved by the Bell is Boy Meets World. It is. Now, so I had to sacrifice. If you're a age group, boy, boy Meets World is your thing. Uh, Topanga and Corey. Like so much so that they're on like a tour. Mm-hmm. Yes. The people in that show. I sent it to my wife to see if we would go to their Kansas City like recording of their pod slash hanging out with their fans. Now, as excited as your wife got for meeting Mr. Feeney, I f- she was not all over that? Um, there was something else going on that weekend. Oh, okay. And so, like, we weren't able to do it. We have a friend that went and did that. Emily Oakley went and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. watched that. I remember seeing the, yeah. Yeah, the Facebook post. Yeah. Now, let, now tell me this. They're they're all back on this tour except for Ben Savage. What's the deal with there? Like, does he not want 
anything to do with it? Because he's not a part of that, right? I don't think so. What happened? Is there was there some falling out, or is he just not into it? Maybe he's trying to keep a low profile after Fred Savage <laughs> savaged it up. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ben Savage. Or maybe he's like, you know, I made my money. I can sleep easy, and I don't want fans stalking me. Um, here's I just I just googled it. And here, there's an article here that's not sensationalist at all, mm-hmm. where the headline is, did Ben Savage reveal the real reason he isn't friends with his Boy Meets World co-star anymore? <laughs> oh. The oh. Boy Meets World podcast, Pod Meets World. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a Very good clever. name. That's a good name. Um, what happened between Ben Savage and his Boy Meets World co-stars? When watching a sweet TV show like Boy Meets World, viewers hope that the cast will blah, blah, blah. Just get to it. These clickbait. They always bury the lead way down the article. Uh, Friedel. Who's Friedel? It's one of Will Friedel. Is that I'm saying his name right? Yeah. He's confused and hurt by Ben Savage's sudden decision to ignore him. Oh no. He told Variety, quote, he disappeared. I wish I knew why to this day. We didn't have a fight. There's no falling out. There's no animosity. He just woke up one day and decided I don't want this person in my life anymore. I finally sent a text saying, I've known you for 30 years. What's going on? I'm going to call you every day until you tell me not to call you anymore. <laughs> he said that lasted about three weeks or a month every single day, and he never, Aww, never responded. Oh, that's really sad. Um, Daniel Fischel, who played Topanga, said he just kind of disappeared from our lives. He ghosted us. That is kind of so sad. So I wonder that? if he didn't answer Will's, because if you remember a handful of years ago, Will was accused uh, with a few other co-stars that when they went off to the college years that they treated the lone African-American actress on the show with racial tension. No. Mm. So, like, that could be something or it could be nothing because, like, they all apologized. They said oh we didn't realize that we were young and dumb and well i mean ben can't be too high and mighty his brother's fred yes um <laughs> so honestly the person that i feel has gone forgotten about is matthew lawrence because oh. he was in on the college years brother of joey yes Star of Blossom. Mm. Whoa. And they have a brotherly love podcast, which they had a show called Brotherly Love that was like on the Disney Channel. And it had the younger brother, which his name might have been Andy. Yeah. And so like it had all three Lawrence brothers and a, um, yeah, Estelle Getty. Oh, wow. Sophia yeah. from Golden Girls. I like to think of her from the, as the person that started. And so I stop or my mom will shoot. Hey, <laughs> yo, that's my mom. Don't let her shoot you. <laughs> uh, Danielle, do you have any other back to school entertainment? Oh, let's see. Um, I was going to mention something else. 10 things I hate about you. Don't say uh, hit me, baby. I do one like more 10 time. Things I hate about you. But no, this was a series. Oh, the Wonder Years. Oh man! Well, Wonder we just Years. talked. To, yeah, we, we go right back to about. We go right back to Fred Savage. <laughs> Listen, the Wonder Years was great. The Wonder Years was great. It was so good, and it's just—it's still kind of heartbreaking that he doesn't end up with Winnie. Winnie, Winnie Cooper. They—they they were meant for one another. Or were they? They—they <laughs> they were. They were. 
Um, the last thing I want to talk about, and this is the movie, and it's kind of it's kind of under the radar. It was not as big as some of these other movies we're talking about, uh, but it was a movie called Can't Buy Me Love. Have you heard about this? Um, yeah, because Community talks about it, but how it's like the white version of another movie. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same trope. Let, it let, is. Let me let me tell you. Okay, first of all, it's got a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a travesty. Is it? Yes. <laughs> Nerdy high schooler Ronald Miller, played by Patrick Dempsey, McDreamy, way before his McDreamy days, rescues cheerleader Cindy Mancini, played by Amanda Peterson, and Cindy Mancini. All the boys love Cindy Mancini. Uh, rescues Cindy Mancini from parental punishment after she accidentally destroys her mother's designer clothes. Ronald agrees to pay for the $1,000 outfit on one condition, that she will act as though they're a couple for an entire month. So, as you can guess, Ronald's a, Ronald's a nerd. He's what? a geek. And Cindy Mancini's popular. But they're neighbors. They know each other. They're civil. Uh, as So they, they agree to this deal. As the days pass, however... Cindy grows fond of Ronald, making him popular. But when Ronald's former best friend gets left behind, he realizes that social success isn't everything. So it's kind of think of it as it's sort of the opposite. She's all that. So instead of the girl who goes from zero to hero, it's the guy. And he does it by making a deal with a popular girl. Hey, I'll loan you this money if you pretend that we're a couple. And it does it like so it's, it's sort of like a social commentary for teenagers because he does he just becomes popular by virtue of him pretending to be her boyfriend and but the 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 conceit of it is is that she ends up really falling for him while he'll he still thinks it's a sham and he kind of blows it in a way like they always do in the middle of the movie by getting his his head gets big and he doesn't so he can't see he doesn't realize it and uh, she gets sad, then they fight. But then they, they in the movie, and they ride off into the sunset on a lawnmower. <laughs> um, As one does. That's how... Um, Isn't that how the water boy, boy is? ends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... I remember watching this movie a lot. And it was one of those movies because I was not a popular kid in school. And it would just... It hit me in the right spots. Uh, because they learn like everyone, all the teenagers learn like, Hey, this is stupid. By the end of the movie, the soul, the whole social stratification of high school was dumb. They all learn this lesson and they learn like, Hey, if we, let's just all be ourselves and like, like each other and do, do that. And so there's like this utopian dream world that can't ever happen, <laughs> but in the high school setting. Mm. And yeah, it was one of the things, um, side note, Amanda Peterson, who played Cindy Mancini, I thought she was going to be a big star, but it's really sad. She's by bi she was bipolar mm. and falls off the face of the earth, gets into drugs, and she tragically passed away in 2015. But it's a real kind of tragic story because she struggled with not being in the limelight, like because everyone thought she was going to be a star. Yeah, that that is the sad thing about Hollywood and mental health stigma, especially in the past. Um, yeah. So. To go back to that community episode, which is a school show, um, Abed says, because it's the episode they try to change Abed, he's like, so you guys are going to can't buy me, love me, right? 
And then Troy's like, oh, he wants us to love don't cost a thing him. Can't Buy Me Love was a remake for white audiences. But the thing is, Can't Buy Me Love came out after uh, or came out before yeah. Love Don't Cost a Thing. And so, like, Abed doesn't correct him in this, which would have been hilarious. But, yeah, uh, Troy and Shirley say um, that Love Don't Cost a Thing. I was to say those movies, it comes out way before that. Right? 16 years. Yeah. So Shh, come on. Come on, community. It's a trope. That movie's been done a thousand times. It has. But Troy it, and Abed in the morning. <laughs> That's all I can think yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> right. Community is brilliant though. Also a back to school. Six type seasons show. in the movie. Six seasons in a movie. And it was always based around the school year. They were always coming yep. back to school at the beginning of the season. Kind of like South Park technically is. Yeah. A a school show, but yet they don't age most seasons. So the community, they were always coming back at the school beginning of the school year, and sometimes they just came back without Chevy Chase because everyone hated them. I have this hilarious yeah. story about my ninety five year old grandma in South Park. I went to visit her recently, and she was like, "I don't know." She had the tea. She always has the TV on real loud. She was like, I don't know what this trash is. This is just terrible. It's just terrible. Do people watch this? And she was watching South Park. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you don't want to watch that. I'm a sinner. I've watched it. <laughs> it's been on for so long. That's it has. so old. There's uh, Before we leave, there were there are two songs that stand out to me when I think of back to school. And they were both songs I was listening to when I was going, like literally about to go back to school, that were kind of my anthems. Oh, please don't say it's hot for teacher. So going into ninth <laughs> grade, uh, Tevin Campbell's Round and Round was, was like huge for me. And they were, it's funny that these songs were always like my jam and they were always the songs I was listening to when I thought I was going to be cool. When I went back, and sadly it wasn't my my sophomore year, uh, first my first year driving to school, it was Tony Tony Tony. If I had no loot, which I definitely did not have loot, <laughs> but okay. I can remember listening to that in my car on the first day of school, driving to school, and so I've just just two songs that stick out to me. Okay, so yeah, it wasn't Van Halen's "Hot for Teacher." No, that was way before, like, that's, uh, that I, comes out in the 1984 album. I know, I'm just saying, like, that could be anyone's jam <laughs> for going back to school. I suppose it could, <laughs> although, you know, it's it's a little risque. It is very, that's why I was intrigued with your <laughs> school-related music choices. <laughs> All right, when you think of back to school, what do you think about? What entertainment, what pop culture do you think about? I'm sure we missed a lot of stuff. So oh, yeah. uh, let us know on the post for this, the social media post. You're going to need to follow our social media pages if you're going to do that on Facebook and Twitter. And also on TikTok. We're on TikTok now. We have not made any really creative videos yet. They're just snippets, but we're going to make creative videos too. I just called it. I just, I'm, I'm speaking it into being. Calling so, his shot. So go follow us on TikTok as well. Of course, if you don't subscribe to the pod, please subscribe. Uh, if, you, if you're behind on the pod, download some of the other ones to take on the go with you. Mm-hmm. And, and catch up to the pod and, you know, listen to us at work. You won't get in trouble. You have my, you have my clearance. <laughs> Just tell your boss Dave said so. Yeah, this is verbal consent. It is. It is. For you to be listening to podcasts at work. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we're, we're so blessed to be able to have 
even 10 of you out there that listen to this. So this is great. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Pop culture faster. Pop culture faster.